This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, good afternoon, wherever the case you may be here in Southern California. It's a gorgeous day. Super Bowl Sunday. You know, I just want a good game. Neither one of those teams are my favorite. You know, you're looking at the newest up-and-coming Mahomes great quarterback and uh, and one of the all-time greats ever. And I think he's hungry. I don't know. I think Brady's going uh, to have a good – it's going to be a really good game regardless. Now, the, the odds makers say it's going to be KC, but, you know, you never – you can never, you know, bet against uh, Brady sometimes because he's, uh, he's proven before what he can do. So, it'll be – Regardless, it should be a really good game. So um, anyway, we're here for you. We're here for your pets. So uh, that means that if you have any issues, any questions, we're going to get to John's question in a minute, who wrote me in from Holland, New York, about uh, a cat. So, uh, but that's how easy it is to get some answers, or at least to try to get some answers. I can't promise that <laughs> they'll be right, but I'm going to give you answers. So you can either reach us by calling us toll free at 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882, or better yet, join us here live on Zoom. You go on online to petliferadio.com. You're going to click on shows. You're going to scroll down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and there will be a link left for you there. And just click on that link. You'll join us here live on Zoom. Um, hopefully, you're not a weirdo like some people we get. We've gotten them in the past. Uh, we're trying to figure out what is the point. It's just people are so strange. But uh, anyway, you never know. But it does add to uh, some excitement on our part. Anyway, so first of all, John from Holland, New York writes, and I'll pull it up. I did a screenshot of it. Hey, Doc, John from Holland, New York. Try to listen to you uh, live, but always catch the podcast. Here's the situation. My son went back in college he, at vet tech school, saved his cat from school about two years ago. His name was Felix. He was sleeping every night. But now my son is in St. Kitts. He's at the vet school. Good for you, the John son, going from a vet tech to, uh, to vet school at Ross University. And uh, so he's away. My daughter tried to have Felix sleep with her, but she can't handle him snuggling every time. That's a terrible problem to have. Your cat loves you so much that it wants to snuggle. So she moves. So he's, uh, and he's grooming himself all night. So she tossed him out of her room. Now, the question is what to do. We're a family of a cocker span and a large goldfish. My wife says, lock him in my son's room at night. And I said, oh, he'll get into trouble, scratch the door, do other damage. It's dramatic change for him, obviously losing his, uh, his son, who's now in vet school. You think, you think Felix liked this? So wait, wait till the son's back from vet school. We'll see how much Felix likes him then. It's a dramatic change for him. I don't want him to revolt. Your thoughts, lock him up. There's always everything he needs in there or leave him to roam the house. Well, well, first of all, the assumption that he might do some damage trying to get out of the room may be real. And of course, because he's in your son's room, which is Felix's favorite room, he might be fine. He might, he might actually bond to that room, give him his bed, his scratching post, some toys, food, whatever it is. And he might be very comfortable in that room, especially, I don't know how he gets along with the, with the Cocker Spaniel. The other option is, is let him roam the house, but close all the bedroom doors. And let's see what happens if he is comfortable in that too. Now, if he really wants, wants to get to you or a person because he's spoiled because of your son, who did a great job with him, obviously, to get this cat to be more like a dog. As I, I joke, you know, I have six cats at home, and I often joke, they read the dog book by mistake, because they're that way too. They want to be on your lap. They want to be over your shoulders. They, they want constant affection, constant touching. I love it. But uh, at night, they, they sleep in bed with us, so it's no big deal with the dogs. I often said I have 10 pets at home. If there was a bed bigger than a California king, I can get more. But um, as it is right now, 
I'm stuck at 10. I've had 11 once because we had five dogs and six cats. Now we're four dogs and six cats. So uh, anyway, I think, John, that try both. First, I would, I would try your son's room first. See if that works out. Make sure Felix has everything he needs there. And then uh, if that doesn't work out, or, and if he does try to get out, if he does scratch to the door, then you, know, you can put one of those. There are these hanging scratch posts. They're like these burlap. You can hang it on the inside of the door. At least when he's scratching, he's, he's scratching. Not the door, but the scratch post. And um, uh, if that doesn't work, try the uh, house. Uh, worst case scenario, ship him to, uh, to uh, St. Kitts and uh, let him chill with your son. So anyway, good luck. Let me know what happens. Let me know when you try either one of those two things, what happens. You know, I don't think it's a neurologic thing. I don't think it's a neurosis. I don't want to put him on medication. That wouldn't be the right thing to do. Let's try some simple things first. Anyway, to our questions, perusing the news. So this is interesting. We know there is not our show nowadays that we can't talk about. You know, it used to be the recalls of all the bad raw diets. And then people got smart, as I did, and I put out a raw diet, but it's high-pressure pasteurized, and it is is freeze-dried, so it's totally safe. Now we're getting, and we're still getting some recalls from salmonella and things like that, but this is all about COVID. So Texas A&M, the vet school, they sent out students to homes. They collected about uh, homes of, pretty, pretty dangerous, right? Of, um, but they're all masked up and everything to collect samples from pets in homes where there was COVID. And they collected about 400 samples, 40 of which came back positive for COVID-19. Now, now, it is very rare, they notice, for any of these animals to be sick. In fact, they pretty much weren't. Dogs weren't hardly sick at all. Occasionally, cats might have a little mild respiratory. But we do know that there are cases where pets can, where the humans pass it on to the pets. And here's a perfect example, that there, uh, there were 400 samples taken, COVID households hold, 40, 10%, actually, the cats got, the pets got sick. So recommendation is just exercise really extreme. If, if you or someone in your home or someone you know has COVID, tested, tested positive, and has pets, just keep it smart. It's like when I got one of my cats back from the radioactive iodine treatment, I-131, when he had hyperthyroidism. And what we had to do, he would came back radioactive. I mean, he would, a Geiger counter would, would be go, going crazy when he came home. So we had to keep him in a separate room. I put him in a separate bathroom with a separate litter box with flushable litter. And, um, and it was very important that, that there was no contact with the other cats or dogs and minimal contact with us and no cat talk with kids. So it's the same thing. Just exercise a little common sense. It goes a long way. I often joke with, with people about sweaters on pets in cold weather. Leave those pets alone. You know, the smaller the size, the larger the relative body surface area is relative to that size, and therefore more surface area to lose body's heat to the cold environment, meaning they can actually get very cold. So those sweaters actually play a role. Those little bomber jacket, whatever they're wearing, they'd be fashionable. Now, it's weird to, for me to think about this because I have a, a lot of cats, six of them, and they're all indoors. So I'm not worrying about dressing. Plus, I live in California. I'm not worried about dressing up for the cold weather. But apparently, people do put sweaters on their cats if they're indoor or outdoor. That is where the potential problem could be. The recommendation is that you're better off keeping your cats indoors. You do not want to put any kind of garb on an indoor outdoor cat, the cat's going to go outside because there have been cases where, because the cats we know, they're outside, they're running, they're jumping. And there are cases where they've been hung on trees because the branch catches a hold of the sweater and that, and they cannot get down. Very, very dangerous. And of course, if they should get wet, now the sweater defeats its purpose. A wet sweater is worse than no sweater at all. And they can actually freeze. So recommendation is if you 
have outdoor cats. Do not dress them up unless you are there with them. If you have, you know, you're chilling outside, you have a little outdoor balcony, you're bundled up, you want to have your cats some outdoor time, and you're with your cat, that's no problem. But do not let them put them on a sweater and just let them do their day and uh, run around. That could be dangerous. This is a great story. And trust, you know, I I owned a practice. I, I sold it. I'm working now someplace else as an independent contractor. And I'm, I'm actually loving it, by the way. I, no, I have no headaches, no management headaches. But here's one, because it's kind of happened to me before. For some reason, certain people feel they have a green light to steal, to embezzle, to pilfer. And, you know, one of the, the biggest things about having big inventory is pilferage. I always just joke that I ordered really, really special inventory items. I'm talking things like flea products and shampoo. I ordered the kind, because I, I had to pay extra for these, that have little teeny feet. And at night when nobody's looking, they crawl off the shelf and they leave the, the office. They run outside. It's amazing because I come up the next morning and they're gone. How'd they get out? Well, they got out because you have some dishonest staff. Well, this one will no longer be dishonest. She'll be working the rest of her life. Okay, here we go. A vet clinic manager, okay, was charged with embezzling and she was ordered to pay, check this out, $597,000 in penalties, fees, and payback. I don't know what the heck she embezzled. She must have worked a pretty big practice to embezzle hundreds of thousands. Regardless, if you think, if you can possibly pay back, let's say, let's say, I don't know, what, $10,000 to $15,000 a year. I mean, she'll be working for 40 years just to pay that off. And I don't know how old she is, but anyway, just know that don't just, you, you think you can trust people. You don't think you can trust everybody. Dental health month. Here we are. It's dental health month. And uh, so here's some things just to think about 70. And I've reported about this 70, 80% of dogs and cats over the age of three already have some degree of periodontal disease. All right. And this could lead to other health issues, um, notably heart disease, endocarditis, a heart valve infection, those bacteria originated in the mouth. or Kidneys, glomerulonephritis. Now it's the glomerulon, uh, it's a filtration system of the kidney that gets infected. And where do you think those bacteria started? Ah, good guess, in the mouth. So once they hit the bloodstream, they like to colonize and that's where they like to colonize. And there are other places too, they can hit the liver. Bottom line is you need to get yourselves on some home care, whether it's brushing teeth, obviously the best thing. Go in to see a veterinarian for regular dental checkups. If your pet is already three or over, chances are we'll need some types of cleaning. And talk to your veterinarian first. Beware of these anesthesia-free, non-anesthesia places. As I told you, I used to have one come in. She was a former dental hygienist, did a beautiful job. But when I saw a study done by my, my colleague, friend, Dr. Jan Bellows, you could see as a veterinary dentist, board-certified veterinary dentist, he found so much bone destruction in these cases. Because if you don't get, if you can't successfully get way deep under those gums and really do a thorough cleaning, then the teeth on the surface might look great, but there's a lot going on under the gums, which can be extremely detrimental and dangerous ultimately for your pet. And the, it's worse to have that false sense of security when you pick up your dog or cat and you lift up the lips and say, oh my God, they're gorgeous. They're so, and they are. They can do a really nice job, many of them, cleaning the teeth, but they can't get in an awake animal. There is no way that you can do a thorough job with deep cleaning. So don't even think about it. So uh, AVMA has this animal health thing. I thought this was really good. It's a studies database, and they're working on a few things. First of all, they're working on a, both a combination of immunotherapy and radiation therapy for canine osteosarcoma, and they also have something. It's an ultrasound. It, what do they call it? It's high-intensity focused ultrasound to treat 
the injection site sarcomas that cats get. And one that I really liked for good reason is because I have a product out there. It's Dr. Jeff has daily canine care. And we have, it's like 10 probiotics. It has Norwegian sea kelp, which is perfect to help reduce the amount of uh, plaque and tartar on the teeth. It has L-carnitine for muscle mass. It helps the body uh, burn fat and produce more lean body uh, muscle mass, all good stuff. And yet we're getting reports that since being on daily canine care, skin is improving. I mean, we don't promote it. And yet, interesting, there are now studies coming out that there are some probiotics that help with canine atopy. They can help with skin disease, skin infection. The mechanism of action, I can't tell you yet. I'm not sure. But interestingly, of the list that show this, two of our 10 are those probiotics, which explains why many of our animals that are using the daily canine care are actually improving. Their skin is improving. So that's pretty cool. And now, it's actually, if it hits the AVMA, American Veterinary Medical Association, and they're doing studies on it, that shows sometimes a lot of this data is empirical. People just notice it, but they don't know why. It could have been coincident. Who knows? But now when they see, well, there's a pattern here, and we need to start studying this stuff. So um, anyway, I'm really thrilled about that. Sadly, there are a number of veterinary and veterinary staff that become addicted to drugs. I can't say it any nicer. I know of a, a formerly wonderful vet, great guy. His daughter competed as a swimmer, and uh, I, my daughter competed along with her in, in uh, volleyball. So they, they belong to the same teams, clubs. Anyway, totally, truly, he was, uh, started out legit, uh, severe back pain, was put on medication, and then you could just picture it just basically snowballed from there. Anyway, this study, that veterinary drug xylazine, for use, veterinary use only, it's a non-opioid veterinary sedative that's often used. We use it for sedation, part of anesthesia, induction, et cetera. Listen to this. It was a factor in 31% of unintentional fatal overdoses in Philadelphia, 2019, often linked to fentanyl or heroin. So it was mixed. Come on, how dumb could you be? So anyway, bottom line is, in just to, as a comparison, 31% in 2019, that same combination, all right, going back to 2010 to 2015, five years, 2%. One year in 2019, 31%. So if you know anybody that might need some help, you might want to help them, of course, but also make sure that they don't get stupid and start combining these medications, these drugs, because obviously when you say not, not just detrimental, clearly deadly. So also this is no, no surprise to us dog lovers out there, pet lovers, I should say, but this was done a study from a veterinary school. They did an online survey in Israel, Spain, and United Kingdom. 80% of, see the 80% of people of respondents saw their pets as emotional support, a source of emotional support during the pandemic. Pets were helping, 73% were helping their owners stay fit. Okay. There was a 5% said that, that pets were becoming problematic. I guess maybe you're spending more time with them or pets getting anxious and not being able to go out and develop some behavior problems. But when you look at that positive, 87%, right? Emotional support, 73%, get your butts out there and, and, and get you walking and exercising and staying fit. And only 5% had issues. I think that's pretty darn good. You know, that's like when you get on a test, right? And you get a 95, you're pretty happy. You're walking out that test smiling. You're getting an A. So I think that's great. 
Now, on our break, when we come back, I was going to talk about something else, uh, cold weather, but we've talked about that before. And you guys are so smart. You know all about protecting your pets during cold weather, you know, just keeping them warm, shelter, wind chill is way worse than the, the out, outer temperature itself. Make sure the water doesn't freeze. Keep them indoors when you can. It's the drill. Watch out in the morning. We talked about the cats who, who outdoor cats who find warmth on an engine block. So if you go out in the morning and you're ice and de-ice in your car and you're getting the ice off the windshield, before you start the car, give a good bang on the hood just to wake up any cat that might be under there because you're better waking up that way than through a fan belt. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about what constitutes an emergency. Don't go away. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best. So, those many of you know, I do a lot of telemedicine as, along with my practice. And um, I would often recommend and just sort of promote the fact that 80% of emergencies aren't. And because of a number of things, number one, Dr. Google, I know there was no such thing as 110%. Uh, well, there is, but when you're dealing with a, a finite number, 100% is all, right? So, I often joke that according to my statistics, 80% aren't. It means 20% of emergencies are. According to Dr. Google, 600% are, which meaning is we always talk about the horses versus the zebra. Dr. Google is always about the zebras. You're going to to call with a symptom, and then you start from the most likely down to the least likely. They start with the least likely, which is usually means your dog's going to die in 10 minutes. Give him a kiss goodbye because you'll probably never have to see him again. You won't see him again because this one time he's limping. Oh, my God, he's got bone cancer. So- I mean, there's a lot of good information out there, but there's more misinformation than there is information. And if you don't know the source, don't trust it. Anyway, so I would often you know, recommend to pet parents, stay away from Dr. Google, talk to your veterinarian first. But interestingly, that what we're finding out with telemedicine, that more people, 
are actually going to go, mostly millennials, are going to go to Dr. Google before they go to their, don't even try to call their own doctor. Now let's go to their own doctor. Own doctor closes at night. What do they do? They put a machine on. Hi, thank you for calling XYZ Animal Hospital. Our office is closed. If you have an emergency, go to, and they send you to one of the emergency clinics. Well, interestingly, guess what? You don't know it's not an emergency. You don't have another doctor sitting there watching, talking to you. So what do you do? You hop in the car and go to emergency clinic. Now, first of all, now with COVID, you're going to sit and wait four or five hours. You're going to spend a fortune. Again, it, it varies, obviously, where you are in the country. In California, Southern California, the average emergency visit is over $1,000 for a non-emergency. And you think really, well, first of all, emergency clinics now are associated with specialty clinics. So the emergency room clinician, usually an intern is a little nervous that I want to miss anything. So they're going to start testing for everything. Heaven forbid they should miss something. They, so they don't take any chances. And then in the morning, they're going to send it not back to you, doc. They're going to send it to their own specialty group, their internist, their surgeon, wherever, their dermatologist, their, their ophthalmologist, whatever. You've lost the case. And poor client, you, the pet owner, is going to be spending a fortune. And you don't know that you don't have to do that. You don't know that you could say, wait, wait a second. I, you know, I have a vet I really like. I just, it's morning now. I'm going to take my pet back to my vet. I mean, look, there are some legit ones out there. Don't get me wrong, but I'm finding more and more that it is not what it used to be 30 plus years ago when I started practicing. And that is where the emergency clinician would do the triage and all they would do is get your pet through the night so they can go back to the vet in the morning. So now having done over 2,700 calls on AirVet on my telemedicine platform, what I'm doing is I'm seeing that it's not 80% or not, it's 90, 95%. I was thinking about yesterday, of my 2,700 calls, I probably sent maybe 20 to emergency, all right? And maybe, well, the rest, well, 50% of the remainder to their own vet in the morning, not an emergency, I got them through the night. And then the other 50% was able to help them and it wasn't even something you needed to see their vet. So what that does, especially now with COVID, when you go into that, you're on curbside, you're miserable, you're waiting in a car, you don't know what's going on. The veterinarians, their backlog is three weeks because they can't see that many vets because, because of COVID, because of the social distancing, because of the curbside, and all of this for nothing because you didn't have to go. So here's a list that I came up with and, and uh, what constitutes really a major emergency or something that I would feel uncomfortable waiting are right, eye injuries. Eyes, you don't want to mess around. Even I get a call from a client during the day, even if I'm booked and they say my dog is squinting, can't open the eye, or it's very cloudy, come in, to do a, I'll do as a walk-in, come in as a drop-off. I'm not going to let you go a whole night without seeing the eye. Large, open, gaping wounds, especially if they're bleeding, I mean bleeding badly, you need to go into an emergency right away. ASAP, ingestion of an item that is known to be a potential toxin. All right. Anything there, it says, do not swallow. Obviously, raisins and grapes we talk about for some dogs. Unfortunately, with that, we don't know which dogs are the ones that are going to be sensitive. So we have to treat them all as if they are, and they may need to be induced vomiting. Now, talk to your veterinarian. There is a one way for dogs, not cats, that we can induce vomiting, at least try, depending on what it is. And that's what I would usually recommend first. And the only thing is peroxide, salt water, do not do Ipecac. Never, never, never use syrup of Ipecac, which is what they use for people. And for cats, you can't do anything. Nothing works except for the veterinarian. So if it's a cat, you have to take them in. Dog, you might. Again, you want to talk to a vet. Let's see. Seizures. Okay. If they're seizing uncontrollably. Now, if it's one seizure, again, talk to a vet. Some dogs, even, even with epilepsy. 
Epilepsy is not, it's not an emergency. They don't swallow their tongues. And if it's a seizure out of the blue with no known history, you might just can wait it out and see, because that's what I would do. I didn't even take blood after the first seizure. Unless there was a history, that's why it's so important to talk to a veterinarian. If there was a history of eating something that may have been toxic, oh yeah, he did eat something. I know, I didn't think anything of it. Oh, different story. Now I want to take a blood and see what's going on. See what the kidneys look like. See what the liver looks like. But if it's just out of the blue, healthy dog, middle age, or young to middle age, has a seizure and is fine afterwards, I wait. Call me in a couple of days. If it happens again very soon, then let me know. Snake bites. Snake bites, you got to get in. Even if your dog has the rattlesnake vaccine, you still need to get them immediately. Snake bite, the vaccine is not uh, going to protect them. It is might slow the process down. You need to get them in right away. Don't make your ex cuts and suck blood out. That, don't do that. And also, especially for cats, straining to urinate, like hitting the litter box, meowing, howling, nothing coming out. You go to the box, it's clean. We worry about blocked cats. It could be crystals or stones. It could be a urethral plug from cats with FLUTD, feline lower urinary tract disease. And what we don't want is a ruptured bladder. In a dog, even if it does rupture, I mean, you need to get a dog checked as well. But dogs can survive with having some urine in their abdomen. You can have to do surgery. You're going to have to fix the bladder. You can flush them. Cats, their urine is usually so much more concentrated. They can easily die from a ruptured bladder. So uh, for that kind of thing, you definitely need to get into an emergency right away. And those are the kinds of ones I send. Gaping wounds, a blocked cat, I don't take a chance. Eyes, I don't take. I just did. If it's a toxin ingestion, depending on what it is, you some of them you don't induce vomiting. So it's very important to know that. That's why you probably should talk to a veterinarian. Do, do not make any decisions on your own. Do not give like just say, oh, yeah, I read that you can give peroxides. Yeah, you can, but not for certain toxins because if they vomit, and then they aspirate, and that toxin gets into the lungs, you have a dead animal. So you got to be very, very careful. All right, now let's talk about things that I hear all the time that are not necessary. Oh, one more thing I'm going to add to that. Vomiting, we'll get to it when we talk about the non-emergencies, but one is vomiting. And that is if your dog's belly is getting bigger and bigger, they are trying to vomit, dry heaving, you tap on the belly, it's rock hard, and it's a big, deep-chested dog. Most likely that is a bloat, a gastric bloat, torsion called the GDV, gastric dilatation volvulus. That is a true surgical emergency. You need to get them in right away. Now, how about just vomiting once, ate something, vomits. How's he acting? He's acting fine. That's why I love telemedicine. Telemedicine, I can see the pet and I see a pet running around and hopping around, jumping off. That's not a sick pet. I'm not worried about that dog vomiting. And also what came up? What is he vomiting? How often after he's eating? All right. How frequently is the vomiting coming? Is it is it pretty much every night? Is it just yellow bile? These are the questions that if you had a veterinarian to talk to 24-7, you won't panic, first of all, and you won't have to go spend a fortune at an emergency. It's not an emergency. Now, limping. Limping is not an emergency. Dog jumps off at something. I don't you can see the bone actually broken and you might be painful, but that's not an emergency. As a matter of fact, when we have a hit by car, for example, and this is a broken bone, guess what's the last thing? that we fix. First, we're worried about internal trauma. We're supporting, seeing if they're in shock, et cetera. The last thing gets fixed, you, have, you can wait five days on a broken bone, sometimes even longer. So just a limp, soft tissue strain, a cruciate ligament, a patella, a kneecap problem. These are not emergencies. You can definitely wait and see your doc in the morning. Head shaking, ear infection. Again, not like eyes. Uncomfortable, yes. Might you talk to a veterinarian? You might have some things you can do at home to help clean the ear, to help you know control the pain. But 
it's not an emergency. We have to go into an emergency hospital and spend $1,000 for an ear infection. Small wounds, even bite wounds, puncture wounds, clean them up, soap and water, not, not an emergency. Even if it's a little open, but, it's, but not that bleeding, then you're probably good. Now, if you have a small wound that's, that's bleeding profusely, maybe it hit an artery, of course, you want to put a little tourniquet on, wrap it up as tightly as you can and get to an emergency. About a vomiting or diarrhea episode, the dog is still happy and animated and alert and playful. This is not an emergency. Again, you don't need to spend $1,000 to be told that your dog has parasites or your dog ate something you didn't agree with them. So these are things that now that you have advantages, the benefit of telemedicine, because there are a number of platforms out there. It's not just AirVet. There are many. Talk to your veterinarian. If they're not using or have partnered with a telemedicine platform, you better let them know one thing, that millennials are the largest segment of the pet owning population. Millennials are the fastest growing of the pet population. Millennials are the most spending when it comes to the pet parenting population. And guess what a survey that we saw did? 34% of millennials will switch away from a practice that does not offer telemedicine to one that does. So you might want to ask your vet, would you mind, would it bother you if you lost a third of your client base? And because if they have, that's a lot. And if they have a lot of millennials, you could say kiss goodbye to those clients because they want it. They want it now. They want logic. They want common sense. They want something. They don't mind spending the money, but they spend it wisely. And um, so anyway, there you have it. When to worry, when to not. If you have any questions about this, you can always reach me at Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. We can answer them. We can have you as a guest on our show. Tell me your experience with an emergency. I can bring you tons where the clients just spent so much money for something that wasn't even a problem. And it just, God, it kills me. So anyway, uh, but when, when it is emergency, it's great to have these emergency clinics. I'm not blasting emergency clinics at all. I just want them to be honest and ethical. And uh, that's sometimes tough. Or have... You know, if you have an emergency, you know, usually the, the late night hours, which is when these emergencies happen, there's no emergency board certified emergency clinician there. It's usually the interns. Who else is going to draw that midnight to 8 a.m. shift? You think it's going to be, you know, uh, the board certified specialist? No, they're home sleeping. No, it's going to be the, the intern, the resident, and they need the experience, but they don't have the experience yet, which means they don't have the wisdom. Yeah, they might have the knowledge. But without experience, you're not wise. And without wisdom, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. All right. Anyway, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. And uh, we will be here same time next week. And week after that, I may be off snowboarding in Utah. So I'm going to try to coordinate with my schedule because I would love to be here. Maybe you can we'll show you some nice scenery of uh, Park City, Utah. Anyway, great. Great to have you with me. If you have any questions, again, you can always join me. We will be here next week. Please, if your vet has any issues or has any questions about telemedicine, have them call me. I would love to speak to them and we'll convince them that there are plenty of platforms and there's one that will suit them just fine. All right, have a great week and have a good Super Bowl Sunday. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.